Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a saner, songwriter, podcaster, relationship coach, and rehabilitation counselor. I'm also a Christian who for years grew up in a church that taught me to fear God instead of love God. For years, I felt betrayed by God and felt like God didn't love me because I wasn't perfect and because I didn't do the right thing all of the time. For years, I felt like I was destined to go to hell because there was no way I could keep all of God's laws and there was no way I could win God's approval. It wasn't until I began to read and study the Bible on my own that I realized that, yes, there is nothing I could ever do to be perfect. I will never be able to win God's approval. But the great thing about it is that I didn't have to because God loves me the way I am and God is here to help me through any and everything that I go through. It wasn't until I realized that God was there for me and that what I had been taught about God my whole life was a lie that I began to understand who God really was. It wasn't until I began to lose my religion and focus on God that I understood who God was and his amazing love for me and how much he loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different journey and a different path to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding God. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Okay, guys, this week we have an amazing guest. Actually, we have two amazing guests. And our guests are husband and wife, and I've never had husband and wife on the show. So kudos to Marcus and Akiwa Smith for being our first married couple on the show. They have an amazing story to tell, first of how they met, but most importantly, of how they met God. So without further ado... Here is the interview that I did with Marcus and Akiva Smith about how they found God. And if you hear anything in the background, my kids were home that day, so excuse any background noise and listen to their amazing story of how both Nikiwa and Marcus found God. Hello, Nikiwa and Marcus. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're doing good, sis. How are you? Yeah, we're doing fine. Good to see you. Nice to see you guys, too, and I am doing great. Thank you so much for being on the Finding God podcast. I'm super excited to have you here, and I just can't wait to hear the story of how you guys found God. I have a couple of questions that I'm going to ask you, and at any point, if you feel like these questions are too personal, please feel free to say, you know, we're not going to answer that question, but if not, just answer the question as we come along. And I promise they're not intrusive or anything. It's just that I like to trace, like, from childhood how people had an idea of God, what they thought about him, to how they came to have a relationship with him at this point in time. Okay, so I'm going to, you guys pick who answers the question first. But the first question is, how was your childhood and what was that like? Well, I live basically lived the hood story. You know, the hood story you see on, you know, all the television screens. I lived that. Uh, that was my childhood. It was tumultuous. It was, um, it didn't like event, but it was, you know, it's not the childhood you would want the typical young man or young woman to go through. Right, uh, right. 
I say in one of my songs that if I took you uh, on a journey throughout my childhood, you would regret it. Wow. I think that captures my childhood. And what was your childhood like, Nikiwa? Well, you know, mine was a hood story as well. Um, my great-grandmother helped raise me. Um, pretty rooted and grounded. Sheltered from a lot of the stuff that was going on, on outside around me, but I was still touched by it nonetheless. Um, brought to church by mom and grandmother at a young age, off and on. Uh, but just the typical being raised by a single mother. And at any point, did either one of you hear about God or know anything about him at that time? No, no real engagement at all. You know, little stuff like God don't like ugly, you know, type of stuff. Uh, but uh, no, I no, no one ever took me to church. I didn't, I didn't go into a church till I think I was twenty-one. Wow! By you know, wow. and I did that on my own. And what about you? Well, um, since my great grandmother helped my mother raise me, my mother was a young mother. Um, uh, I, I mean, they brought me to church at a very young age. I remember being five going to church. You know, my grandmother was really, you know, very religious and kind of devout. Um, with church attendance and everything. So even though my mother was still, you know, like a young mother kind of, you know, living her life somewhat, my grandmother made sure that she brought me to church when I was young. Um, off and on, you know, as I got older and started living more and more with my mother, of course, that was a little bit more sporadic. But growing up, I, was, I always had, you know, a link to the church, you know. Um, yeah, I, I always had a link to the church. What's that one thing that you that somehow stuck with you and gave you comfort as a kid. Man, I ain't gonna, you know, I'm kidding 100, man. Yeah, you go first. I'm just gonna tell you. That, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't have any. I didn't have zero. I had zero. Uh, yeah. Just to say to little, the little generalizations, you know. Uh, but there was always a reverence in me for God, for his people. Uh, I thought church people were like, you know, to, to me, they were angels, you know, type of stuff. You know, I thought they was all holy. And when they walked on the ground, you know, it became holy and, you know, type of stuff. So when I, I went to church at 21 and I found out that, you know, hey, that ain't what's up. And, uh, you know, I was shocked. You know, uh, I really was, you know, it was all a big surprise to me, you know, but because, of, like I said, I thought they were holy. But as far as the, you know, the the, the rearing in, in the Lord, no. Nah, nah, no, uh, the streets raised me. You see what I'm saying? I, 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 was, I was a ghetto boy. See, I find that interesting because what, okay, I know I'll probably be jumping ahead in the interview because I'm intrigued to find out how you actually got a chance. What made you go to God? How did you even come to him? Like, what propelled you to go to God? Well, what, what had happened was... Uh, I was locked up at uh, 16 years old, uh, first degree murder. And uh, my little brother had went a year before me for capital murder. And, you know, I was raised in a house. I'm, I'm, I'm really taking a, a 30 year, 40 year story, just condensing it down to a minute and a half. But uh, I was raised in a house with uh, your seven boys come through there and uh, six of us got some kind of murder case. And uh, so, you know, like I said, we was raised in a gang. The gang I was raised up in, I joined, I think I was 12, 12 years old. My little brother was 11. I was uh, 
13 and 12, one of them two. It's called the Mafia of Destruction. The neighborhood game was started and that turned into the Crips and the Bottles of Crips. So we were game banging, selling dope, you know, and, and uh, doing what game bankers do and, and gangsters do. And uh, 16 caught a murder case uh, in juvenile, knowing what I'm facing because I, I went through my brother trial with him and uh, who's still locked up. He's been gone since he was 14. And uh, so, uh, you know, I heard in chapel going to see my game banging, you know, no partners. And, and and the little lady, you know, before we leave, but we dismiss. She said, hold on, before y'all leave, it's some of y'all in here that don't want to do it in front of your, 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 your gang friends, in front of your friends. She said, but when you when you sell it, go to sleep tonight, you get on your knees and you ask him something. And uh, and tell him that little white lady, <laughs> these were her exact words. She said, you tell him that it's that little white lady that told you to do this. And, you know, I, I seen my brother, his trial, he got the max, he got a 30 year sentence. You could give a 14 year old at the time. And so I, I was, you know, my knees were knocking by getting all them years, you know, and I'm first degree murder and I turned 17, you know what I'm saying? So uh, now I don't have time to deal with this, no kind of sentence. I got to come back to court when I'm 18, you know? And then go, go ahead and in the adult system, I go back to get this till I'm 21. Yeah, I did that. I said, I'm talking to the God that little white lady told us about. She told me to ask you for something. So I asked that I not be certified. I asked that I don't get a determinate sentence. I don't have to explain all that to you. But And I asked uh, that I be sitting down there with my little brother and to, so I can help him. Uh, he was in the only place you could send a murderer you know, at the time in Texas, uh, get and stay home in school. And so I end up, you know, murder trial 15 minutes. I end up down there with my little brother, helping him work the program, trying to, you know, change his course. And that's how I met God. But, after, you know, afterwards, we'll talk about that later. Uh, that didn't mean, really mean anything to me. He had something I wanted. Uh, that's all it was. That is amazing. Cause at least it was an introduction. And even though, at that moment, it didn't mean, you know, what it means to you now. It was yeah. an introduction. Because I know when I first met God, it was one of those things where it's like you meet him and you're like, okay, you get baptized or whatever. But then, you know, we have years to go. And if you do it when you're young, we have an idea and understanding, but it's not an adult understanding. So it's almost impossible for us to know exactly the extent of what we're doing. But it's a step in the right direction. So... I think that's awesome. What about you, Nikiwa? How did you first come to God? And like, what were your memories as a child about him? And was it positive or good? I mean, negative or positive? Well, uh, I remember being five, earliest memory that I have in church when they offer, and they offer Christ to like, you know, the youth church and the kids, right? And, you know, it was preached, you know, hey, leaving Jesus or you're going to hell. And they described hell, you know, a place of burning fire. So, of course, I'm like, I want to believe in Jesus. So, I don't want to go there, you know. So, that was my first experience with <laughs> But, you know, um, that, that was my first experience. And, of course, like you mentioned, that was a, a, an introduction. Yeah. But, of course, as years went on, you know, yeah, it, it was just an introduction. Um, 
to him and I had to actually learn and get to know him as years went on, you know, but um, yeah, that was my first introduction with, with the Lord God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, yeah, you know, she's, she's yeah. a good girl. It's kind of funny though, I think we've all had that, like you hear, it's almost like you do this and good things will happen to you, yes, you take yes, this choice yes. and bad things are going to happen because I know happen. Yeah. I was terrified <laughs> When I was younger about God, because it was just like, yeah. well, if you do this, you get to go to heaven. If not, then you're yes. going to go to hell. And I'm just like, I that's don't want to go there. Yes, I get that, it. that was how I felt. That's good. Mm-hmm. The trail yes, that's that's good. <laughs> good thing. I wish I'd I had it. It kept me out of a whole lot of trouble. Hilarious. <laughs> <Hilarious. laughs> so, Nikita, what was your adolescence like? Because I know what yours is like, Marcus. I'm still intrigued by all of that because I find it so interesting. But what was your adolescence like? Uh, well, by the time I became a teenager, I pretty much was staying with my mother primarily. Um, and she wasn't as religious as my grandmother. Um, so, of course, our church attendance wasn't as, we weren't as faithful in regards to going to church. Um, my mother was a Christian, but in regards to you know, just faithfulness in church and uh, stuff like that. It wasn't as profound living living with her. So, of course, we kind of fell away from some of the biblical, you know, uh, principles growing up. Um, But she did still, you know, try to teach me the word according to what she knew. You know, I will give give her credit for that. Um, But uh, even at that, I was taught a lot of wrong doctrine, not even just so much from my mother, but also from the church world. You know, we come from a, I come from a small church world, um, very religious. It was more predicated on, you know, works, I would say, over actual change from a relationship with God. And so I had to, to learn um, that with the Lord, it's more important to have a relationship with him versus works, you know, going to church attendance. And that's why I'm glad that this podcast is specifically about that, showing people that, hey, uh, the Lord desires to know us intimately above all. You know, you can go to church and do all these works for the church. You can be there from when it opens to when it closes. But if you don't know him and he don't know you and you're not allowing him to change your life, uh, it's all for naught. And so my, my, that's, that's how my adolescence was, you know, but the Lord, he was dealing with me. I will say this throughout my adolescence to where by the time I would say I got 15, I believe the Lord showed himself to me and he, he became so real to me to where I had a desire to, to actually start by going to quote unquote church and a desire to actually grow and, and learn about him more. And that's kind of where my journey started to to actually grow, trying to grow spiritually. I started, and that's how my husband and I met because I started being faithful to the church that he, you know, at the time was youth pastor, but um, his his pastor at the time was my grandmother's pastor's son. So we all, they were all linked. So that's how we ended up meeting and getting married and the rest is history. So that is kind of how you met. So I'm going to go back to Marcus because the last time you ended your story, you were still in prison. So how did you get out? Where did you go? And tell me up to the point where you met Nikiwa. Yeah, well, I got out of the Texas Youth Commission, successfully completed the program, went to a halfway house system. I um, uh, uh, got an apartment, 
down there. I was 19. I turned 20, I believe. Had two jobs in movie theater and Wendy's, but I was used to that fast money all my life, you know. So I did like 38 months, you know, all together on the two to four year sentence. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, 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 it just wasn't cutting it. I couldn't wear the Jordans and pay my rent. And, you know, coming from where I was coming, I didn't understand not wearing the Jordans. You know, that didn't compute to me. And, you know, and then, then I've been buying my own since I was 13. And so, you know, you telling me don't buy the Jordans, do this and do that. I'm like, well, you know, I tried it for about eight, eight months. And working the movie theater and working at Wendy's and then, you know, and it just wasn't working. So I come back to Dallas. I said, I'm gonna come in, you know, hustle, stack me up some bread and I'm go back to San Antonio. Uh, and I came to Dallas three months. I was locked up again. And for something I didn't do, I've been since fully exonerated. So I was locked up and aggravated robbery facing five to 99 years. I was selling dope, so I had dope on me, a felony dope case. And I told them now, you said you didn't find all the dope because they didn't find it till we got down, you know. And they found it, and they were like, man, you got all this dope on you. What you doing? I, uh, and I told them, okay, you didn't found all the dope. Now you know what I was doing, you know. And uh, so did a year during that time uh, in, in, in uh, county fighting the case. I wouldn't accept no time. Uh, about four months in, the Lord sent a man in there who never, who don't go to jail. It was a fluke, really. People stole money from him, and you know, and he was trying to get his money back. But uh, we were reading the Bible, and he asked us, "Do y'all know what y'all read?" And from that, April twenty eighth, nineteen ninety five, I committed my life to Christ, and in three months. Three and a half months when he left, I took over the Bible, teaching the Bible study. And I've been teaching people the word of God ever since. Uh, I was like, you know, that demoniac, <clears throat> you know, a lot of Christians say they, they, they salvation and they change was gradual. For me, it was night and day. It's just that simple. And um, that's what happened. So I went from throwing up the Hoover Crip to in selling dope to preaching and teaching the Bible. Oh, I mean, literally overnight. And so uh, I was doing that. Her pastor's son was coming around and uh, to the apartments I stayed in in Oak Cliff. I moved Oak Cliff, get away from everything. Uh, I'm 20, 20 years old now, 21 years old. Her pastor's son come knocking on my apartment door Hey, uh, I started church over there, such, 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 such. The Lord told me to go. I said, okay, I'll be there. And uh, I was there for 10 years from, and that's how we met. Uh, I challenged her, my pastor, you need to go tell Sister Nikita and them, they need to come to church and such, <laughs> such. So I drove to their house out in Glen Heights. She came and was faithful. And uh, she was my, eventually turned into her being the secretary of the youth ministry, and I was a youth pastor. And, you know, I guess you could say the rest is history. That is simply amazing, because it's funny how God got you in the church, and then he sent you to go get her and bring her yeah. in the church. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know that, that 
lackadaisical carnal Christianity. I mean, from from the, the when I gave my life to committed my life to Christ, it's been it's been the same uh, atmosphere, temperature. My Christianity has never been. I'm just lackadaisical, you know, going yeah. through life. I'm not faithful to God. I don't know that way, and I don't want to learn it. Uh, it's been 25 years of ministry every day for me, all day. That's what it is. And uh, the Bible, when I when I first started learning the Bible, we had Bible study uh, two hours after breakfast, two hours after lunch, two hours after dinner. Six hours a day I was studying the Bible. Because Pops, we called him, his name was Charles Collier. We called him Pops. He went to Dallas Theological Seminary. So he had all these books in there and he was, I mean, he wasn't playing. It was like we were, we were at college and then, you know, taking some type of, going for some type of Bible degree or something. So I was all into history and stuff that school, I uh, never been involved in school, but uh, yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, I don't know that lacks of days of Christianity and that, that carnal Christianity. And uh, so me challenging her, I think it kind of, she kind of was really convicted because look at it, I know this cat from the street. Because, you know, yeah. back then I was yeah. real strict, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, he, the yeah. Lord sent him here to challenge, challenge me. me. Yeah, yeah. Know? it definitely and I think that kind of provoked a little bit to, yeah. you know, get on us for it. So JB has told me you guys have um, a groove. I think it's DW Lights. Tell me about that. DFW Lights. Tell me about that. What is it? How did it start? And I know you guys do music. So talk to me about that as well. Well, it just come from the short version from me is it come from my 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 prayer time with the Lord, with the Father, noting it, noticing his heart is heavy, uh, being being more mature and asking, you know, if you have children, eventually they can turn three, four, five, they start asking, Mama, what's wrong? You know, uh, and uh, so I asked him what was wrong. He told me his children, they divided. And at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm going to school for this grad, you know, my second degree, a graduate degree. Uh, and um, uh, I'm seeing what a church divided against itself, you know, and uh, through denominationalism. And uh, so he, his heart had been, I'm learning the same thing in school, and I asked him if it's something I can do. And he said, you can help bring my children together. I mean, plain as day like that, you know, I didn't have no big religious formula or anything. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, brethren, I would that you all speak the same thing. And that there'll be no division among you. That is the template for first and second Corinthians. That's why he's speaking the way he does. He begins by saying, Some of you say, I'm of Paul, I am of Paulus, I am of Cephas, I am of Jesus. He said, Is Christ divided? And we then took that and turned that into over 33,000 different denominations. And the Lord said, You know this. So you have to point this out and you're going to have to teach against it. And he said, call Dallas-Fort Worth together. Tell the artists in Dallas-Fort Worth, the ones that hear it, those are the ones I've ordained for you to walk this walk with. And y'all go around the Metroplex. Concentrate on the Metroplex. Uniting the body of Christ in the Metroplex. And that's what we made the call. Uh, Men and women answered. Ten of them stuck. Maybe 30 all together, 35 answered. But only 10 stuck to the vision because it's a selfish vision. It's not me and my ministry now. 
we have BMC, Bramar Cross Music. That's our, our music ministry. Yes. But we had to put that on the back burner and for the body. So we are DFW Dallas Fort Worth Lights. Be lights. You Be are light. the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And, and that's what we do. My question to you, if there is somebody out there who's looking for God, what advice would you give them? What would be the best advice that you could give someone who's looking for God? My best advice would be to just seek him. The Bible says seek him while you may be found. He's there. Even though you don't feel him, even though you don't see him, even though your mind might be telling you that he's not there with you, he's there with you. He's a, a very present help. Um, he's everywhere. So I would tell them, don't be intimidated by God. Mm -hmm. He doesn't place himself in a position where he's so far to where he, he doesn't feel our affliction, that he doesn't, he's not concerned about it. Not out of touch. He's not out of touch. And so I would tell them, hey, God is there. He loves you. Mm -hmm. He desires to be with you. Yeah. He's waiting on you. Yeah. So if you seek him, mm -hmm. if you draw to him, he's waiting on you. Yeah. And I would tell you, man, look at here, man. <laughs> you see, we're different. I uh, the thing about God is, man, you got to realize this is your creator. He put some stuff in you that only you and him know. See, because he know your deep desires. True. So yeah. you, you, you approach him from them deep desires because he put that in you for it to come out. And he did it so that you would know he loved you. He know I love I love big leg yellow girls. I can't do nothing about it. So I say, Lord, I'm if I'm gonna get married, you gotta give me a big leg yellow girl. But I didn't know that she was right there at the church with me. My pastor kept telling me, bro, what are you what are you doing? You gonna let that girl, you know? But I met God at my desire. I was honest with him. You gotta be, you gotta yeah. know this is your creator. You gotta be honest with God. No, there is not a force or a personality in Amen. this universe that knows and loves you like he do. Amen. That's the truth. So if Amen. you can think in your mind, the if I was able to create a dog, hello, somebody in the church, <laughs> and I was able to make him a perfect God for me, mm. how would I, how would he be? And I challenge you to go and read the Bible, and mm. you're gonna find out something. I said, oh, Lord, you know I'm the candy saint, don't you? You know what I'm talking about? You know I'm, I'm a man. I'm going to get me a Cadillac. I'm going to put some bang in the trunk. I'm going to you know, put some rims on it, bins or something. You know that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so I, I'm like a child, really, you know, uh, when I come to go to him. He's the father. Amen. Number one, he's father. Yeah. Before anything, he's a father. And if you could, like I said, you could think of the best God, the best creator, think of the best father you could ever have. Never leave you, nor forsake you. Never. Now, I can't say my that of my mother and father. Hello, somebody. Is it okay if I tell the truth here? Can't say that of my mother and father. But Jesus said, lo, I am with you always. <laughs> say, man. And to an abandoned, bastard, orphaned child, that was everything for me. And I latched on. So I'm telling that one who's timid, who may have heard some stuff about God that's, that that makes them say, okay, well, I don't know about Tilson Hill. Yeah, Man, yeah. 
Treat yourself, man. Don't cheat yourself. I'm telling you, this is going to be the best decision you've ever made in your life. You're going to learn who you are, and you're going to get the power to do those secret desires. Thank you so much, guys, for being on the show. I truly appreciate talking to you and having you here. It was absolutely amazing, and I love your stories. They are, it's funny because it's like they're similar, but they're so different, but they work. You know, God brought you guys (laughs) together, and he also brought you to him separately. That's amazing. I love it. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on Finding God. Well, we appreciate Thank you. you uh, we just want to encourage you, sis, and say keep doing your thing. Uh, Jay Bridges, if he say something, that's my brother. You yes, know what I'm saying? Is. So yes. he says, shine, you know, you. I, I need y'all to be on the pocket. It's done. Yes. And we salute you, sister, for giving God your time. Yes. Thank you so much. Wow, what an amazing interview. My favorite part of the interview is when Marcus talks about how he went and knocked on the keyboard's door telling her she needed to come to church. And I love this because it shows us that God loves us. And no matter what we've done, no matter where you've been or what you're doing, God can still use you. So many times we think that, oh, God can't use us because we're not perfect and we're not this and we don't have that. But this story proves that God can use you no matter where you come from, no matter what you've done. God doesn't look at that. He looks at your heart. He wants a relationship with you. And God can use you to do something amazing and special in your life for him. I also like how Nikiwa talks about it's important to seek God and that when you seek him, you will find him. Because that is my whole mantra. When you seek God and you're looking for him, you will definitely find him. I often hear you find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for God, you're going to find him. If you're looking for trouble, you're going to find that. But the point is you find what you're looking for. So if you are seeking God, you will definitely find him. I also like how Marcus said that when he was finding God and he was looking for God, he asked for things he wanted. And I like how Marcus brings out that you can talk to God about anything. He knows you, but he gave you those desires in your heart because he has something special for you to do. And he had things that he wants you to have. So it's okay to go ahead and ask God for things that you want. This was an amazing interview. Now, artist of the week is none other than, yes, you guessed it, Marcus and Nikiwa Smith. And we are going to listen to a song that they did together. And that song is called Down. Here is the song, Down, by Marcus Smith featuring Harvest. Despite this old new world order, it's old, but they trying to call it new and bro, it's sour. My victory is show if I abide in this power. The Holy Ghost leading me beside still water. I overcome despite this old new world order. It's old, but they trying to call it new and bro, it's sour. My victory is show if I abide in this power. The Holy Ghost, Jesus telling me I'm his son. You trust in him because the battle's already won. So when trouble comes, I don't run and get my gun I delight in him and handle trouble with my tongue I speak the word and let my faith do the heavy lifting I'm from the hood but I could not be the average Christian They weary him because they live just like the world 
pain of my father Not physical, I'm talking about a grieving broken heart This biblical, remember we were made in his image And God died on the tree screaming it is finished I remember being lost and abandoned Hurting alone, being tossed to the side like a motherless clone But you consider me your baby Deserted your throne and gave your love and your name To a bastard, the Holy Ghost Bye-bye.